Coming up on The Dr. John Deloney Show. Is there a way to paint with a broad brush what people should broadly be doing when it comes to eating? I feel like it's just chaos, man. So many people are confused because a lot of influencers or people trying to sell stuff. Whenever I hear a claim, my first thought is always, hmm, I wonder if that's BS. (laughs) What up, what up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show, and we've got one of the most important episodes ever on today's show. So I'm going to skip all of the hooting and hollering. Kelly had a bunch of stories she wanted to tell. James wanted to show everybody a dance. We're skipping all that stuff, and we're going right to it. All right. So no big secret. I've been talking about my new book for ages now. Talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. So I'm not going to beat you up over it, but I have to talk about this If you were to drill down, besides mental health diagnostics and relationship issues, if you were to get beneath that, like about help fix my marriage, the next most common question I get is, what should I eat? Why isn't this diet working? What's the best workout plan, et cetera? So in the new book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, in my new book, I talk about, in one of the chapters, about what's gone incredibly wrong when it comes to our diet with our food. We are way off the rails. How we consume food, uh, the quality and quantity of what we consume, why we consume what we consume, what diet's the best, which diet's not the best, all the stuff. And then I get into the scientific manipulation of food, the marketing around food. We have lost complete and total control over this thing. It's bonkers. Almost 50%, half, one out of two, all right, these are my families. These are your families. This may be you. This has been me. More, almost 50% of Americans are overweight enough to negatively impact their health. Three out of four Americans are pre-diabetic or dealing with some sort of metabolic syndrome. Three out of four. Three out of four. And we are responsible for stewarding our bodies well, right? We, I get that. But I don't think we understand how deeply and how far the deck has been stacked against us. It's important for us to know, and I don't say this lightly in drama. I'm not like some like Pinterest influencer that's like, zoo, zoo. not like that. We have to understand the war that's been waged against our bodies and against the diet infrastructure and the food infrastructure, whatever. This idea that food development companies have hired psychologists, scientists, chemists, engineers, marketing execs to carefully design food to get us to overconsume. And the goal is to keep you eating and eating and spending and spending. And then it branches off into don't eat meat, don't eat vegetables, only eat fat, eat tons of protein, eat cardboard and tree bark. Just think about mushrooms. Those will fix everything. Whatever, all of it. And I just want to eat. I'm hungry. I just want to eat and I don't want to feel guilty and I'm tired of feeling shame. And what's not helping is these extreme reactions we've had in an attempt to fix the problem. And you look at disordered eating, which is the most deadly mental health diagnostic. And you look at whether you haven't eaten birthday cake in 17 years or you mainline pasta every day of your life. We've got to come to a better, more peaceful, more enjoyable relationship with food. We are in a snapshot in history. It will not always be this way, and it has for sure not always been this way. We are in a snapshot of history where food is so overabundant that we have an overconsumption issue, a challenge of what to do and when to do it. 
the story of how food interacts with our lives and what it's done to our psychology, what it's done to our relationships is a, it's a chunk of, of the book here about the stories we've been told. And then we are left in the rubble to try to make sense of it. And we, we wonder why we have mental health issues, relationship issues, relationships with each other, relationships with our science community, relationship issues with our food, all of it. And so on today's show, I've got a guest, Dr. Lane Norton. I went and found who I think is the number one, if not the, one of the top few nutritional experts on the planet. And here's why I think he's an expert. Here's why I know he's an expert. He has a PhD in the stuff. Other experts, when they want, um, when they need data, when they need insight, when they need opinions, they call Dr. Norton. And Dr. Norton also coaches other people. He walks people through transformations. So he's not just an academic, not just a scientist, of which he is a world, world-class scientist when it comes to nutrition science, especially protein synthesis and leucine, all these other cool things. And he coaches people and he does it himself. He's also been a world record holder in like squats and deadlifts, things like that. He has been a competitive bodybuilder and he's back on the track to compete again this year. So when I look for experts, I look for, do you know what you're talking about? Do you have insight into the, into the field? Are you an expert when it comes to content and do you do this stuff in your own life? And have you walked alongside a bunch of other people, whether you're a clinician, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a, whether you're a therapist, whether you're an athletic coach, do you walk alongside other people and put to practice these theories, these ideas, this data, this research, this science? And Dr. Norton is all of these. I will tell you up front, the, cancel, the chance we get canceled on this one, or I do, he won't, is strong to quite strong because we're going to get into what's the best diet, how do we, should we eat, what's the best workouts, things like that. We're going to get into the hard stuff. And I'll also tell you this, put your nerd hats on. Um, I mentioned this in the interview. If you want to know what it's like when a couple of nerdy scientists go to dinner, there is some parts of this, this conversation that get real deep and they get real uh, technical. Just listen and take in what you can take in and move past what you can't, what you want to move past. And if you want to go deeper, we're going to have a couple of other shows down the road where we talk about some of the depth, some of the science, some of the reason why we do this stuff. And most importantly, we're going to come back to, okay, great. I'm a single mom with two kids just trying to figure it out. What, what am I supposed to eat? I am an exhausted dad. I got a great wife. We got two kids. I'm just trying. What am I supposed to do? Food prices are expensive. This, what am I supposed to do? We're going to cover that stuff here and in the future. So hang tight for my conversation with my good friend and brilliant and rabble-rousing scientist, Dr. Lane Norton. Dude, I, I can't even tell you. I'm so, your time is so valuable. I'm grateful that you, you joined me here. Easily, far and away, beyond, it, it, when it, anything beneath mental health questions, like for depression, anxiety, trauma, the next most common question I get is what are you eating? Why are you eating? Why do you say mental health health and nutrition and mental health and exercise? All that, all that stuff matters. And so here's what's been a sobering thing for me the last few years since I started the show is I value being a good researcher and more important, I value being a good consumer researcher, research, right? And I got sucked into this last decade worth of what I would call like the neo dietitians 
where this this new world of diets plus inter- influencer internet charlatans has created this cascade of y'all should all be doing this and this and this and this. So for everybody listening, all of my chips are on the table with Dr. Norton, and here's why. Y'all, everyone who listens to the show knows I pay particular attention to, to people who do two things at the same time, both who are consumers of research, always reading the latest stuff coming out, and they know how to do it, whether they're in academic circles still or they know how to conduct studies. They've been a part of that, and they work with real people and are invested themselves. And normally what I find, Dr. Norton, is that people are either they're, – they're like I was, just nerds. They just read a lot, and then they extrapolate theories from mouse models and whatever and then say this is what everybody should be doing, blanket statement, or they never consume research and they just tell everybody what they should be doing. So you are one of the few people that does both. You are one of the best at – someone who I look up to taking complex science and speaking it into a way that a, a single mom with three kids just trying to be a little bit better in her day can actually interpret this and understand it and then apply it in the, in her life, right? And so much like, fellow nerds, you and I could have dinner for four hours and talk mechanistically and talk about this and that and hormone release, but 99.9, it's not helpful, right? It doesn't, it doesn't apply and it's fun gymnastics, but it's not, it's not applicable, right? So you're so yeah. good at that. And I think one of the big problems we have with nutrition stuff right now is so many people are confused because a lot of influencers or people trying to sell stuff. And to be fair, I'm trying to sell stuff. So, you know. <laughs> I am too. So, um, yeah. But um, they, they get people confused because people don't know what to focus on, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they'll, they'll cite studies, even though they might be, you know, in vitro studies or mouse studies or whatnot. And people will give that the same weight as people citing, you know, large human randomized control trials. I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, these things are not equal. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) these things are not equal, but the average person doesn't have the equipment to kind of tease that apart and understand. And so I think a lot of people have really gotten focused on the little rocks Mm. instead of the big rocks, right? Like they, they're stepping over dollars to pick up pennies, unfortunately. Uh, What happened, man? Like this is chaos. Like you can listen to somebody and they'll tell you, if you're not a vegan, you hate Earth. You're gonna, you're, you're, it's just suicide. You're just killing yourself, just slowly, um, and you're a murderer. And then you got people like all you need to eat is organ meats and rub, you know, <laughs> fruit on your face. Like, it, what, what has happened? What happened, man? Yeah, you know, I think there's always been a little bit of that, but I think now you just you give anybody access to the internet, and you know, anybody can be proclaim themselves an expert and you don't need, you know, there's a real, like if you're going to give medical advice, you can get in real trouble. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but if you're going to give nutrition advice, nothing's going to happen for the most part. Um, there, that's some of that is changing, but you know, I, I think. For a year, is, la- Dr. Norton, for a year, I put butter in my coffee, man. I bought it. <laughs> I bought it, dude. I did. And I, and even worse, I proselytized about it. I told everybody who was like having a piece of, I, I was like, oh, I can't believe you're eating that. You know what you should be doing? You should be uh, mainlining saturated fats into your, <laughs> like, dude, what happened, man? I'm a smart guy yeah. and I fell for it. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of smart people. So here's, here's two things because a lot, there's a lot of physicians who are making claims right now that are really poor. Yeah. There are some good ones. Um, and there's a lot of like engineers and all that kind of stuff. 
just because someone, one, is an intelligent person and two, has a scientific background does not protect them from buying into BS. Like there is, in fact, a lot, some of the people with the most horrible cognitive dissonance I've ever met <laughs> were very, very smart. Yeah. And the reason is they'll use their own fact that they're intelligent to go, well, I wouldn't fall for BS. Like I wouldn't do this. Uh, of course you would. <laughs> like you're prone to your own, not your own BS. You know, whenever I hear a claim, my first thought is always, Hmm, I wonder if that's BS. You know, and I, I, Like I, I start there. And I, I think that if you're a good scientist, skepticism is, is something that you really embrace, right. that that is, a, that's a good thing. Uh, because once you finally do accept something that you, you feel very strongly about it, it has passed so many barriers to get there. But I really think a lot of the, the confusion, again, I heard a quote, which I, I really believe to be true. If we're talking to somebody one-on-one, it becomes pretty obvious quickly who has more knowledge on the subject matter, right? Like if you and I are talking mm-hmm. and we start talking about mental health, it's, become, it's going to become obvious quickly that you have way more knowledge than me on this subject. Mm-hmm. But if we're observing two people debating, both who have more knowledge on a topic than we do, we are horrible at determining who is more knowledgeable of the two. Because we don't, like, if it's not our field, we are not equipped to evaluate the evidence. So one of the things I tell people, if you're not going to become, you know, a master's or a PhD in nutrition, you've kind of got to find people to trust. And that's really hard because some people are just not trustworthy. And, you know, (laughs) they don't have a sign on them that says, I'm not trustworthy. Um, But it's really kind of a dichotomy of what you should look for when you're trying to evaluate a real expert. So the hmm. first thing is they say the magic words. I don't know. Yes, sir. That's it. They they say that frequently. Mm-hmm. Or they say, they use words like may, likely, probably. I was wrong. Possibly. Yes. Yeah, I was wrong. I yes. got this wrong. They, they flip-flop, right? <laughs> um, you know, because if you, I always say, if you continue to defend a position in the face of overwhelming data, You're not a scientist, you're a politician. That's what politicians do. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest, right? Like a deep secret that you've never told anyone. Or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done that you're ashamed about or worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption across your life. All of us, every single one of us, have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's often so hard to know where to start. If you need to get something off your chest and you don't have a safe person to talk to, you may want to try therapy. Therapy is a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. And if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, it's super flexible, and it's suited to fit your schedule, whatever your schedule happens to be. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra money. Listen, it's time to get those secrets off your chest. Start with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney.
Dr. Norton, I want to walk you through the last decade of my life, okay? I even wrote some of this down to make sure I get it. So 10 to 15 years ago, I'm still exercising like the high school wannabe, like college wannabe athlete that I thought I still was. Every year I was getting a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And then Atia hits the scene and he's, he's somebody I have high respect for. Brilliant, brilliant guy. He's the first guy that said, maybe we need to look at this differently mechanistically. Then I got into to- Gary Tobbs and then, then I somehow landed to Asprey. And then everything was about bulletproof and mainline stuff, right? And so then I'm, I'm, I would cook bacon, I would eat it, and then I would take the bacon grease and dump it into my coffee. And I was mainline, it was, it was, it was disgusting. But here's what happened. I lost a lot of weight. And what I came to realize over time is um, I would start eating at about four o'clock in the afternoon. And what you talked about earlier was at the beginning, I was probably having seven or 8,000 calories a day. By the time I'd been doing this for 90 days, A, I looked like emaciated and like I had been left on a desert island for a while. But, but I was my, my caloric intake was so low, right? I, was, I just wasn't eating that much. But then I moved over to you know Baylor and the calorie myth. And then I got my own glucose monitor and just started following all these fad diets. <sighs> Man. Here's all the stuff. My wife used to say before we would, uh, at, at the beginning of every month, before she'd go to the grocery store, she would just be like, John, what are we this month? Are we like raw <laughs> vegan? Like, what are we doing? She was such a trooper. Um, high fat, vegan, no carb, no sugar. I've done it all, all of them. Um, low grain, all of it. Every Nothing is more of a third rail. I, I could, me and you could sit here and talk about religious rights and abortion rights, and we get less drama than when you tell somebody don't drink Diet Coke or you should drink Diet Coke, ah, right? So, it's probably true. What are, what, what are we supposed to do? Because I know how to read studies, and it's a pain in the butt, and it takes a long time, and it's easier just to scroll through Instagram. You know how to read studies. We do this for a living, and it still gets cumbersome. What is the average mom, just the dad who's just, 32 and he's got two young kids and he's starting to notice like, man, it's hard for me to bend over now. Is there a way to paint with a broad brush what people should broadly be doing when it comes to eating? And then we'll get into exercise here in a minute. I feel like it's just chaos, man. Yeah. So there's actually a lot that you just brought up there that's great to go over. So the first thing is people make the wrong associations. And it's just because something worked, it's important to understand why it worked, mm. right? So we don't make the wrong association. So let's take intermittent fasting, for example, which is, it sounds like something you did. Um, people will lose weight on intermittent fasting and they'll say something like, well, see, it's because it's because I was in fat burning mode and autophagy and my <laughs> insulin was low. And it's like, no, dude, you didn't eat for 20 hours and you fit it all into a four hour window. And like, yeah, you lost weight, right? But that's, that is not sexy. That's not what sells people on it because it just sounds like, oh, well, they're just saying I eat less. I ate less. Right. And again, it sounds a lot like the, disordered eating, right? So, right. yeah, you just drive yourself. Well, Congratulations. And you, you just brought up something, which is you slowly got heavier, right? Like you lose some weight, regain it, lose some weight, regain it. But over time, you were getting heavier. That's right. Right. Okay. Then the next question is, all right, well, maybe some diets are easier to adhere to, right? Compliance is the science. Mm. And I really get into it. Like this is, it's like the messaging behind what Dave says with paying off debt, right? Yeah. So people say, well, you should pay off the the low, the highest interest rate first. That just makes sense because of math. 
It's like, well, if we were doing math, we wouldn't be in this problem in the first place, <laughs> right? That's right. Because this isn't this isn't an X's and O's problem. It's a psychology problem. This is not problem. a knowledge yeah. issue. This is this is a habits and behaviors problem. Yeah. is what it is. So when we look at there was actually two meta analyses done looking at various different popular diets and seeing, okay, did any of them perform better in terms of fat loss? Also, were any of them easier to adhere to? And the research showed that none of them really stood out performing better in fat loss. And none of them appeared easier to adhere to because adherence appears to be a very individual thing. What's Mm. easy for one person may be very difficult for another and vice versa. And I think this is why we have like, again, so much difficulty because what will often happen, and I'm guilty of this. So I follow something called flexible dieting, which basically I have my protein, carbs, and fats, um, the targets for the day and calories. And I just focus on hitting those. And I, I try to use, you know, quote unquote, good foods to hit those. But for the most part, I'm just like, let's just be consistent with this, right? Let's make sure we're picking up the big rocks. And like, I thought because that felt easy to me because previously I was trying to quote unquote eat clean. Mm. And here's what would happen. I'd eat clean all week. This is in college. I eat clean all week. My buddies would order pizza on the week weekend and I would eat like a whole large pizza. Right. <laughs> and it's like, Hey, do you do it's, it's like a budget. Right. So like, if you are great saving throughout the week, but then you go, you know, you know, popping bottles at the club on the weekend, guess what happens to your weekly budget? It <laughs> right. gets blown. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. It, it, budget still counts on the weekends. And guess what, kiddies? Calories still count on the weekend. <laughs> so I kind of was like, well, instead of like going ham because I feel so deprived, what if I just allowed myself to eat this stuff in moderation and just, you know, just tracked it. Mm. Right. So I started doing that and lo and behold, it worked. Mm. Right. In fact, I even did a, I, I joke, I did an entire contest prep uh, and I had at least one ice cream sandwich a day. <laughs> now I'm not saying you've got it's to the eat greatest ice cream prep ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing though, because that stuff, even though it's tasty, you're getting pretty small like intake for quite a bit of calories. Yeah. So I would def- by default, as I'm getting leaner and leaner, my calories are getting lower and lower. I'm going to have to adjust the foods that I eat to accommodate for that. Otherwise I'm going to be really hungry. Yep. So again, a budget example is great, right? So if you make a million bucks a year, right? If you uh, can pay your mortgage and you can uh, pay your utilities and all your responsibilities and um, you set money aside for all the stuff you need to, and then you want to buy yourself a real awesome sports car for $200,000. Is that okay to do? Maybe, Right if you can meet all those other obligations. Right. But should you do that if it's going to make you go broke, if you have a small budget? Right. Of course not. Yeah. Right? Um, well, the, the calories, the same thing. If you're an athlete who's, you know, expending four or 5,000 calories a day, hey, if you want to have a slice of cheesecake or something like that, it's not going to hurt you because like, it's just getting churned up in your daily burn. Uh, right? Remember that Remember that photo of Michael Phelps, his diet? Yeah. That gave me so yeah. much, pr- I was like, oh man, I play uh, YMCA basketball. I can eat uh, <laughs> seven Big Macs then. You know what I mean? Dude, it, it, that killed right. me. But you're right. He was burning up 25,000 calories a day. Right. So oh, man. Um, it, it changes what you do based on that. But really what most people need to do is get consistent. Oh, don't not, see, you just use two words that I hate, intentional and consistent. 
I need something better than that. I need a bad guy and a special intolerance, and I need some genetic information. I need that. The best diet for you is probably the one that you can stick to in the long term and be adherent to. And that is going to be different from individual to individual and probably the one that feels... So in order to lose weight, you must practice some form of restriction, whether it's counting calories, low carb, et cetera, et cetera. But you can pick the form of restriction that feels least restrictive to you. Hmm. And that's probably what you should do because it's going to feel the least taxing over time because consistency is the name of the game. And so right? just, I want to interrupt there, just, just so the listener knows, in my house, I eat a generally low-carb, no-sugar diet unless I am mainlining ice cream and gummy candies, which happens. Um, but my wife doesn't. She has many more carbs than I do. Um, and I'm not talking, I'm talking about grains and sugars, not not salads and things. And so it's as simple as when she makes dinner, she will make part of the dish without the rice in it, or she'll make part of the dish without the tortillas in it or whatever. And we've been doing that for a decade now. We've both landed on, and I hear houses divided. That's just people not being intentional, not caring about each other. It's not hard. Um, it takes an extra three seconds to not put a tortilla on something or to put, but it's a matter of what you just said. Here's what works for us most of the time. And I can always look back when I look and be like, I just found 15 extra pounds I didn't notice. And I fluctuate a lot. I drop water pretty quick and put it back on pretty quick. It always comes back to what you just said, consistency and intentionality. It seems like everybody's talking about how crazy the housing market is right now and how powerless homebuyers feel. Mix that with the stress of moving and life change and job change, and you've got a tornado of anxiety fueling one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make. This is not a good idea. So if you're a new home buyer right now, my advice to you is to focus on what you can control, like the people you choose to help you in the home buying process. You need folks like my friends at Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is a Ramsey trusted provider that's been helping people with their home mortgages for decades. And their home buyer edge program will help you skip a bunch of the stress. Here's how it works. Apply to become a Churchill certified home buyer and cap your interest rate for 90 days. Then you'll get a $5,000 seller guarantee to help your offer stand out. So go ahead, take a deep breath because Churchill has your back. Check them out at churchillmortgage.com slash Deloney and get the home buyer edge today. What about working out? What about exercise? Um, there's the... Go run a marathon, and if you've ever been to a marathon, you see people of all body types. And then yep. there's the uh, don't ever run cardio again, just lift. And then there's the only do deadlifts and squats and bench press. Like, what, <laughs> what are we supposed to do, man? I'm so, talking just the average character just trying to get yeah. a little bit better at their life. Now, when it comes to exercise, if you're just looking to get healthier, you know, because I my background is I want to be the most muscular, strong human being I can possibly be. And so I'm, yeah, I'm real quick, you, you you were a bodybuilder, so you did na all natural shows, which is for the yeah. casual listener, that's like all oiled up, uh, like pose <laughs> down, right? Correct. Well, so well, I've I've done competitive bodybuilding, and then you and hold done, world records, like in the squat and deadlift. So I've done powerlifting as well. So powerlifting is squat, bench press, and deadlift. 
and I was national champion in 2014 and 2015. Uh, qualified for the world championships in Finland in 2015. I got an overall silver medal there. Dang! And I set what was man. I set what was then the world squat record, which was uh, and I was in the 93 kilogram class, which is 205 pounds. And I squatted 668 pounds. <laughs> oh um, and so that's, you know, all drug free and, uh, you know, just belts and knee sleeves. That's, that's it. Um, that's incredible. So that was, um, so, so yeah, I've got, I've got some. So I exercise is with, different from you, for you than it for is sure, for me. For sure. I'm, I want to look and good I, on camera. I want my wife to still think yeah. I'm hot. And I want the guy down the street walking his dog to, to think twice before he like flexes up. Like, so what am I supposed to do, <laughs> man? Again, what you will be consistent with, right? Um, the, the now, I will say, I think resistance training for anybody is about the healthiest thing you can do because you'll get cardiovascular benefits from resistance training if you go hard enough. Yep. Um, you'll get, like, it's literally the best thing for bone density as well. Um, you know, obviously, if you want to change the way your body look, looks, there is nothing more powerful than resistance training. Yep. And by resistance, um, uh, Dr. Norton means lifting weights. Lifting weights. Yeah, lifting weights. Lifting now, whether you do machines or, or compounds or whatnot, listen, I, I love squatting and deadlifting. Bench press, I'm kind of okay at, so not as not as passionate about that. But, you know, like for me, like like today, actually, um, I've been coming back from some injuries. So just before I got on this podcast, I squatted 500 for five reps, which is the first time I've done that in a couple of years. I did 185, was, suckers. How do you like that on my squat workout this morning? Nope, 195. I added a five on each side. It's all relative. But uh, like me, like that's, that's like, that's like, like I'm like, I got my music on and I'm like into it. Uh, Like that when I'm done, I'm like, man, that's like, that's like the highlight of my week right there. Hmm. You know? Yeah. But not everybody's like me. So some people love CrossFit. uh, Some people like Olympic weightlifting. Some people just want to do machines because it's, you know, you don't have to worry about as much stuff. Listen, whatever will get you in the gym consistently Hmm. is what you should do. Because if you're consistent with it, it's impossible not to make progress over time as long as you are continuing to apply the principles that you were using to get there. So, I mean, it, again, just like debt, right? So some people are you know, $100,000 in debt. And so they use these principles, they get out of debt. Well, now what's the next thing? How do you progressively overload that? Well, now we're going to start saving an emergency fund, right? Mm. And then, well, now we're going to start putting some away for retirement, like you're progressively improving, right? So in terms of lifting weights, that's okay. Like I've done this thing. Now I'm going to add more weights to the bar or I'm going to do more reps or I'm going to do more sets, right? Like those are all ways to progressively overload. So if you don't want to plateau, you have to continue to progress. But again, whatever form of exercise gets you in there and you find fun and you can be consistent with that's that's what you want to do. In fact, for me, I'll have people tell me, man, you are so dedicated. Like, you have such good willpower. And I'm like, dude, I love this. Like, yeah. it takes willpower to keep me out of here. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't think I'm like some kind of like amazing, um, you know, incredible human who just slogs. Like, listen, I have days where I don't want to go train. I do it anyway. But for the most part... I love that. Yeah. Like that's, that's the highlight of my day. Right. So. And there were seasons in my life when, when I was training, I love being in the MMA gym and competing. I didn't like lifting weights. And then there was, I know people who love to 
run, love to dance. I, I love that. I feel freeing, Dr. Norton, just to say, dude, just be consistent um, and do lift weights. I'm even seeing some of the, the long-distance runners now circling back and incorporating it- weightlifting as a cornerstone. It used to, when I was running, it was be as light as possible. Um, only sprinters 400 and below need to be lifting the weights. And now everybody's in on it. Just good for everything. Weightlifting, whatever your sport is, weightlifting, as long as you continue to do said sport, mm-hmm. weightlifting will just make you better at that sport. I love that. I mean, when they told basketball players, don't lift weights because, you know, it's going to mess up your jump shot, whatever. And I remember uh, back when I was <laughs> so in college, dumb. I remember one year Kobe came out and he was like 10 pounds heavier. And he just started, like, that was when he really started taking over. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you see somebody like LeBron James, who isn't like a power lifter, but I mean, he's a big dude for an NBA player. <laughs> and there's a reason that like he, for, you know, a 15 year period is most dominant player in the game. It's because not just did he, not only did he have skills, he physically dominated people. I know we so, have very similar upper bodies, me and LeBron. Uh, like if I, I, I wear big shirts on purpose, but if I didn't have my shirt on, our upper bodies are very, very similar. Um, that's not true at all. I just, I'm, I'm lying, I'm lying <laughs> to you, totally. I was, I was like, do I call him on this? <laughs> hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, hey, so as we wrap up, um, a couple things. Number one, the revolutionary nature here for the listener I, this is not a, this is someone I consider the top, um, nutritional scientist that I listen to period, full stop. And when it comes to what should I do? What should it intentionality, write stuff down and consistency, keep showing up and keep showing up, keep showing up. Same with exercise. What workout should I just keep showing up and just keep showing up and just keep showing up and be intentional about it and write this stuff down. Um, along those lines, um, you have created industry insider. The, in, the people in the industry say that you have created a, the number one app for tracking this stuff, and it's called Carbon C A R B O N. By the way, he's not on here pushing this thing. I asked him, you know, what, what's something that could we talk about this? I keep hearing it's so great. Tell the listener what what's about this app. So Carbon is actually it's called Carbon Diet Coach. It's available on iOS and Android, and it's actually not just a tracker. So, you know, if you have a uh, an app like, for example, MyFitnessPal, I'm not dogging MyFitnessPal because it's a great app. Let's dog them, dude. Let's dog them. Just kidding. (laughs) It's helped millions of people. But the difference is, you know, MyFitnessPal. If you come in and you say, "Well, I want to do X," it'll give you an initial calculation, and then that's it, and then you track. Right? Our app. Is, is literally a coach. So what it will do is you, when you sign in, um, it's 10 bucks a month. And when you sign up, you enter in some different metrics. So the app can get an idea of where your starting place is. You tell it what, you know, what goal you want. And by the way, we don't, it's not just a weight loss app. So we have like for muscle gain, we have uh, for maintenance, we have several different things. And um, the app will use that information to formulate your baseline plan based on your own individual metabolism, what it's predicting, and then your goal. 
And then every week uh, you log your weight and you can log it daily and it will actually take the average of those weights to use for check-ins because actually, as you know, John, daily weights can fluctuate a lot. You mentioned yeah. they fluctuate a lot. Yeah, I, so we I, actually I, I use, have to do I have to take my weight every day over seven days and average that to get any sort of am I going in the right direction or not? Exactly. I always compare it to looking at the stock market, right? Yeah, like right. if you if you just go in an isolated day and look at an individual stock, like you might flip out because it's down 20%, right? But you look at the overall arc of the stock market over time, that's right. You know, it goes up, right? right. So you gotta be. If you're executing on what you know works, like the app will work. That's right. But we use we we recommend people weigh in every day, and there's a place to log your weight every day. And um, the app will use that when you do your check-in, which so you do that every, uh, every week. And based on how you're progressing, the app will modify your nutritional recommendations to optimize your response. Oh, that's awesome. So, so it's not a static you know, program that you just download right. the 12 so for PDF example, pages off the internet. It actually works, walks with you. Correct. Awesome. And there's a great, like the tracker is very intuitive, barcode scanner, all that kind of stuff. And um, the great thing is like, for example, like let's say you start a weight loss diet and you know, three weeks in and you're actually losing weight too quickly. Mm -hmm. Like the app maybe estimated your calories a little bit too low. It'll raise them, you know, based uh, on what it predicts you should be doing to hit your targeted rate of loss. Uh, and then the app can even prompt you with different things. And we're actually working on making the coaching features even more rich. Um, but yeah, it like really acts as a guide to take the guesswork out of things. I love it, dude. Um, you know, so we really, goes, yeah, so oh, we, we just really, we just really tried to like, because we offer, like we have a, um, a team of coaches that do one-on-one -on -one coaching, our, our team bylane coaches. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously everybody can't afford, you know, a few hundred dollars a month. Just like, like having a financial advisor is great. Right. But yep. not everybody can afford that. That's right. That's right. Um, so for us, like really, uh, we were trying to see how can we like get something that's affordable for almost anybody, you know, at 10 bucks a month yep. and then, you know, make it user friendly. And so that's what we feel like we've done. Well, it's got a killer, killer reputation. I'm looking forward to checking it out myself because I'm absolutely I'm going to get to I'm going to get back in it, Dr. Norton. It's time to me to take that 185 and we're going to I'm, I'm totally messing. Heck yeah. Well, and the other great thing is like we don't we offer all kinds of different dietary preferences. Right. So yep. when you part of the process of going through is like you get to pick what you prefer. So whether it's balanced, which is what I do yep. in terms of your carbohydrates and fats, um, plant based, or sorry, plant based, low fat, uh, low carb, ketogenic. Like we have all those options. And then even within those options, you can shimmy it a little bit based on what your personal preferences are to really, because our big thing is we really try to hone in on like, how can we maximize adherence? That's really what consistency, consistency. That's so great. Yeah. Well, dude, you're one of the busiest men I know. You're a saint. Thank you so much for talking English to those of us who are just trying to get through the day and get a little bit smarter and figure some of this stuff out. And you're right. It's like getting out of debt. It's like fixing your mental health. None of this is sexy. It's just every day and every you day gotta do the work. and every day. So uh, I look forward to hanging out in Florida here in a few weeks. And I'm grateful for what you're putting out in the world. We'll link to this in the show note. We'll link to your website in the show note too. And awesome. um, by the way, your best protein in the world that I use, it's what I use. It's the best. And you do sell supplements, but you sell a few of them yeah. in their world, world class. So, um, and I'll yeah. link to that in the show notes as well. Dr. Norton, awesome. I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you so, 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 so much. To everybody listening, be intentional, be consistent, and get off a of TikTok for God's sake, unless 
<laughs> You're checking out some of Dr. Norton's takedown videos because they are epic, <laughs> epic. We have about the same size bicep too, right? By the way, brother. Exactly. All right, man. We'll take care and we will talk to you soon. All right, brother. Thanks, John. Appreciate the time. All right. See ya. All right. So that was my conversation with Dr. Lane Norton. I told you you were going to like it. You mean you can have Diet Coke? Yes, if you don't overdo it. You mean you can have, I can have chips and queso. If there's an energy balance, consistency and intentionality. So if you want to make some significant changes, this is for real. Not for everybody, for most of us. Get something to write, write with. Get something to write on. And be consistent about what you eat. Be consistent about, not pathologically, not insanely. Write down what you're, what you're putting in your body. Write down how you feel. Write down what kind of exercise you're doing. Write down how you feel. Be consistent. Be intentional. And over time, just like paying off debt, just like healing your marriage, just like being a better parent, just like being better in your mental health, healing trauma, little steps every day over time. There we go. There's no big bad guy here. All right. And as we wrap up today's show, (laughs) Kelly brought in these incredible lyrics. Of the Daft Punk classic, harder, better, faster, stronger. Goes like this. Work it. Make it. Do it. Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger, more than our, our, never, ever, after work is over. And it repeats that about 11,000 times. Take care of yourself. We'll see you soon. Coming up on the next episode. Okay, well, I'm super nervous, so hopefully I don't screw up. Have you ever listened to this show? Frequently. Yeah, I'm not that good either. We're good. Same team. I'm taking custody of them in two weeks. Oh, wow. So you filed for custody and you got it. So you're about to be a mom of a seven and a four and a what? Three-year-old? Three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Dang, Gina. <laughs> wow. You know, I have a wife at home that's missed me all day. I have kids that want to climb. And, and then there's other days where I feel completely guilty and horrible because... I just want to sit and scroll. So somebody along the way told you that the way you feel about things, the way you think about things doesn't matter. Some days, like, I can't even stand to be touched. Like, my husband will want to come home and give me a a hug, and I'm just like, I literally will cringe and pull (laughs) away, and it's like, just, what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Don't touch me. 